Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz, and wow, uh, we haven't had an episode since October 31st. That was the one-year anniversary of this show, and I kept meaning to get on the mic and talk about what was going on, uh, and every week we just kind of had something else going on. A lot of the things that I was doing at that time was focusing on making the money that I needed to make to focus on my goals of getting out of debt, and I kind of got slipped up in terms of just documenting that along the way. Um, Holidays happened, January you know, 2020 started, and it was a pretty good start. So what I wanted to do there, uh, just to catch everybody up for episode 42, is to do a quick year two, quarter one montage. Uh, There's a lot to unpack in terms of what's happened since January. Today is April 14th, 2020. And so I want to do a quick rundown of what has gone on since our last episode and really start to think about what we can start to unpack in these next episodes. Uh, This is going to be the start of uh, the new season of How You Spend Your Days, which I'm calling year two. It is now officially uh, the second year of my getting out of debt journey, and I still want this podcast to be focused on getting out of debt, but the title of the show, How You Spend Your Days, has really taken on a bigger meaning, especially when we think back to the quote that it comes from, uh, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. And right now, we are recording during the coronavirus COVID-19 situation, um, and we'll get to that in a second, but how you spend your days is very different right now for most people uh, around the world. People are sheltering in place, um, you know, socially isolating themselves, social distancing. Uh, all these things are things that we'll unpack a little bit today. Uh, and we'll, of course, jump into personal finance and talk a little bit about some updates as well. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, I just want to kind of do a, a quick montage. This episode's going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, I'm literally going to just step through kind of uh, things that have happened since our last episode and uh, really kind of set the stage for what we plan to talk about in the future. And when I say we, uh, I intend to bring on guests. Uh, this episode and a few others are going to be just me kind of getting everything caught up, uh, doing some updates on my numbers. Uh, a lot has changed there. A lot has changed in the economy. So, There's going to be a lot of change and fluctuation there, uh, as well as some changes to my job. Um, But I also want to bring on uh, guests. I want to be uh, interviewing some people. We have a couple um, app CEOs uh, from companies that build uh, applications for helping people get out of debt, for uh, tools and things for tracking your finances and all of that. I think really being able to talk about the tools and behaviors and, and systems that people have set up for themselves is really important. But I also want to talk to you if you are having any uh, certain financial situations, uh, certain life changes as a part of this that you want to talk about that you think would uh, resonate with our audience. I think that's something that is worth jumping on the mic for. Obviously, uh, the losses uh, that we're sustaining around the world of life is is awful. And even a few deaths is just something that Uh, you know, we could not have foreseen, but death on such a large scale is something that, uh, is, is hard to watch. It's hard to know what, what do we do next? And with so many of us still sheltering in place, I think thinking through what does our new daily life look like right now, as we work to flatten that curve, 
um, that that kind of infection curve and the the curve that most people are using to predict when and if hospitals might become overrun is what does that look like for you financially? What does that look like for you physically, emotionally? Um, how does that look for your livelihood, your well being, uh, and how do we all get through this together? So. Um, so yeah, let's jump in all the way back. Let's reverse the clock back to October 30th. That was the one year anniversary episode, uh, episode 41. I had shared a little bit of the updates on what had been going on. And then we rolled right into November and December. And those two months, like I said, I was really focused on uh, just doing my work, getting, making sure I have enough work, uh, to focus on my debt goals. Uh, and you know, that tends to be a, a pretty slow time for freelancers. So, uh, it was a surprisingly busy time for me, uh, in terms of just having work and a lot of different holiday promotions and things that a lot of my clients wanted to run. Um, fast forward into 2020, January, uh, I actually went full time with one of my clients. So I am now, the uh, senior software developer at um, pantydrop.me. We are a size-inclusive women's underwear subscription company. Uh, I am the first developer uh, working there, and I had actually worked there with CJ, who's been on the podcast in the past uh, as contractors, and we actually built out the whole uh, customer experience for purchasing and then the logistics side of it with payment processing, inventory, shipping, all that kind of stuff. And so now I get to focus full time on that, which is really awesome. So January, I accepted that new job and started making the moves towards kind of phasing out my client work, wrapping up all those kinds of ties there. And then going into February, I started the new job. uh, And we, uh, Chanel and I already had a trip planned. So Uh, Right after starting my job, we actually went to the Dominican Republic, which was early February. And um, we'll talk about this in a second, but by this time, the coronavirus was already starting to become uh, something that we were aware of in the United States in February, even a little bit at the beginning, towards the end of January. Um, But we really didn't see any effects of it. Even traveling, there was mention of it. There was checks, you know, as we flew in and out of countries and states, just checking to see if we had been to China in the last two weeks. Um, But again, it's one of those things where there have been pandemics in the past that were kind of exclusively in in Asian countries and never really affected the United States directly. So that was about the beginning of February. Um, The trip was awesome. And I plan on talking about how uh, basically how and why we went on the trip and also funding travel while you're trying to get out of debt. I think that's a really big topic because there's a lot of discussion and criticism of people who do travel and spend money while they're trying to get a debt. And there's a lot of reasons to kind of celebrate small wins, create milestones and goalposts and, and be able to reward yourself along that way. Um, so now let's move into March. So you know, already into the third month of 2020. And I really just want to kind of underscore how quickly uh, life changed for a lot of people. Um, March 8th, we actually had a retreat for Reno Collective for our co-working space. And it was really funny to think back on this because we talked about all these different plans that we had. We were planning our anniversary party, um, which is our 10-year anniversary. We had uh, been working for months to get all these plans done for building renovations and getting our contractor all set up. And there was no mention of a pandemics, coronavirus, anything like that. It was very positive, very excited for the future. Um, still excited for the future, but just very interesting to go from March 8th, having that retreat, no, just not even a 
a thought in our mind about anything about the coronavirus. Uh, and then over the next few days, we started seeing signs uh, of the virus in other parts of the world. And over the next few days, you started seeing articles starting to come out about flattening the curve. And this is really when I think most of the world became familiar with this concept of flattening the curve, that by socially um, distancing ourselves from one another and choosing to isolate at home, that we could potentially you know, still see the same number of people being sick, but by flattening the curve over time, that you would not overload the healthcare systems. And I'm going to talk about this a lot in the future in, in another episode where a lot of our infrastructure in, the, in America, but in other countries as well, it was not prepared for something like this. And in some cases is still not prepared. And a lot of us, uh, you know, a lot of places have still not been hit with the brunt of it yet. A lot of people are expecting uh, peaks uh, to happen in the next few weeks. But right now, let's say we're still... Uh, beginning of March. So, you know, on March 12th, we actually decided to stop uh, holding any types of meetups or large gatherings, uh, mostly because these are events that uh, the public comes to. Our members do attend these, but it tends to be the public. They're not necessarily all people that we know. And so we're not around them every single day. And so we wanted to really limit any exposure. Um, but again, there was very few cases. I think that this time there were some cases in Seattle, um, some in California at this time. Uh, and then from March 12th, four days later, uh, we announced that we were closing our doors. Uh, we proactively chose to do this. We decided that, you know, there were a lot of reasons for us to basically move the collective online and focus on delivering what we are, which we really firmly believe is, you know, our bread and butter, which is helping freelancers, remote workers, and, um, you know, small businesses to excel and grow their business and work with one another. And we can do that with or without a space. Obviously, having a space is great. We have another place that we can go to, to kind of separate our work life from our home life. And we have space to record podcasts like this one. But it became very obvious very quickly that we needed to close our doors to protect our members. Most of us had the privilege and, and you know, fortunate enough to be able to work from home. And so we made that call. We weren't able to really fully disclose what that meant for memberships and all of that. You know, very scary for us from, you know, there's still a lot of bills that we have to pay. Um, but again, you know, we want to make sure that everyone is safe. So uh, a day later, uh, all non-essential businesses were mandated to close um, by the governor. So we would have had to have done this anyway. Um, it was just really interesting to have been, you know, a, a few days ahead and really watching and allowing ourselves to make that call before we were having to scramble. And unfortunately, a lot of people had to scramble. People had to figure out how are they going to move their business online. Uh, restaurants you know, are now only allowed to do takeout and delivery. Some have shut down completely. Unfortunately, some of them may never open again, depending on what sorts of, you know, cash flow, runway, uh, and savings they may have had. Um, and so now we're starting to see, this is mid-March, um, really just seeing the effects of what it looks like for everybody to close down very quickly. Uh, fast forward another week and, Obviously, people are starting to work from home if they're able to. Businesses have transitioned to uh, online. Some of them, you know, primed and ready to go for that. Some of them still figuring out the tools. I think there were a lot of Square websites launched that week. Um, we actually had built a site for Revision Brewing, uh, which had an online store but wasn't being used to sell beer. And then all of a sudden we were, you know, helping them to get their beer online so that people could buy that for curbside pickup. So just 
to reiterate, all of this was happening in within a two-week time. It was just so much happening. Uh, and it was just really interesting to see how people coped with this, how people reacted to it. Unfortunately, a lot of people were you know, laid off, furloughed, lost their jobs um, because of that uncertainty. A lot of our freelancers, uh, some of them had a contraction of work. Some of them had a little bit of a boom of work, right? Because people were moving online and wanting to build out these stores and so forth. Uh, March 25th, let's zoom forward again. And now the uh, the Treasury and the United States government has passed a $2 trillion stimulus. Uh, in that, there's a few things that I'm really excited to unpack for the future because in this, there are some things that were granted to the new economy, the gig workers, freelancers, self-employed, that I hope will survive beyond this that I think will become the new norm in the silver lining in all of this. You know, it's unfortunate that we need a stimulus. It's unfortunate that people are out of work, but because of what's going on and because of what our our new labor system looks like, they had to really think about how do you support all these people who are 1099 employees, who are self-employed, who don't have traditional unemployment. And so we ended up with this pandemic unemployment uh, insurance, which is still being rolled out. Um, It's not been a complete success yet there, but um, we'll talk about that in another episode. The Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, and then funding for even more loans through the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, the EIDL. Um, Those are all things that we've been um, watching closely as the collective and then helping our members to navigate those as well. Um, the good thing is that that means that there hopefully will be money for small businesses to keep uh, their staff on payroll. Um, a lot of these loans are forgiven as long as they're used to keep your headcount, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, still, we're still in March and all of this stuff has happened. Um, this is a kind of a side tangent, but uh, you know, as we do, um, the Reno Collective tends to have this kind of hacker hackathon ethos. Um, we ended up with a Slack channel where a few of us were starting to research um, DIY mask prototypes and uh, DIY filtration type systems. And, you know, a lot of the things that we were looking into were uh, a little bit too dangerous, things like HEPA filters and all this kind of stuff that there's a reason why 3M makes N95 masks and why people aren't wearing uh, HEPA filters from their air filters or from vacuum bags and things like that on their faces. Um, it does, t- there's a lot of finesse and there's a lot of manufacturing involved in that. And so, you know, after talking, we have a doctor that works at the collective, we have a microbiologist. And after talking to them, looking at all the options that are out there, you know, people were starting to realize that creating some sort of DIY mask, whether it's a cloth mask, a medical grade mask, um, would become something that would be. Uh, needed. And uh, a few days later, we actually discovered some friends who they run a business printing 3D miniatures for Dungeons and Dragons. And so they have this garage full of 3D printers and they started printing these face shields. Uh, And then, you know, we were looking at face shield options as well. One of our other members does a lot of 3D printing work. And so he had been printing face shields. And then out of kind of thin air, we suddenly ended up with what now is a network of around 50 different people 3D printing face shields from every library, school system, maker spaces, co-working spaces, and then just, you know, hobbyists who have these printers at home. And so um, that's been a really interesting thing to see because, you know, these 
this personal protective equipment and stuff that our healthcare workers can't get. A lot of them are being asked to ration uh, a lot of their equipment, right? They're getting like an N95 mask a day or a week when really those things are meant to be used once. Uh, and so with these face shields, we can actually help them extend the life of that PPE. Um, and so we can print these shields for less than a dollar. Uh, and it's been really exciting to just see that group grow. Um, and it's completely ad hoc. Um, it's completely self-organizing. There's been a few little rules that we had to throw in there to make sure that healthcare workers are protected, that they have options for sterilizing these things. Um, and now just in, I guess it's been two weeks now, we've shipped uh, a couple thousand of these face shields to um, local healthcare workers. So that kind of wraps up March. That was that was a month. There's a good quote from Lenin uh, where he says that some decades go by and nothing happens. And then there are weeks where decades happen. And I think March definitely felt like that. There's just so many different things happening, so much uncertainty, this just prevalent, ever uh, present sense of concern, stress, unease uh, globally, where like literally everyone just feels the sense of tension. Um, so now let's go into April. So in April, um, now it's been a few weeks that we've been closed. The Arena Collective is holding more online events than ever before. Um, you know, kind of a testament to the community that we built there, which is really exciting. But also, you know, we're seeing some members that we just don't get to interact with in physical spaces as much as we used to, just because people were in their in their office, people were busy. Uh, and I really do think that this situation has made people reconsider, you know, what is essential to them, what is important. Um, obviously, people at home are uh, picking up Zoom. Most of us have so many Zoom calls in a day for work, but also for social things. And you have, you know, Zoom dates and uh, playing games on Zoom. And, and you know, people are, are reaching out and trying to figure out how to be social in this world where we are not um, physically meeting up. You know, we're not going to the movie theater. We're not going out to a restaurant. Uh, a lot of people are taking to break, you know, baking bread and starting things like home brewing and all this stuff. And it, it's very interesting to see that we fall back to those basic principles that I think um, some people have more things to do than they've ever had to do because of this. Uh, and they're not necessarily picking up new hobbies. And then you have people who have been laid off or are just not commuting as much. And so they're at home and they have all this extra time and they're starting to pick up these hobbies and skills and things that maybe they enjoyed doing before, but have kind of put to the wayside. Uh, and I think some of it is to help, you know, take your mind off of what's going on. Uh, but I think there's also a sense of wanting to feel useful and productive. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of uh, productivity porn going on right now, too, where a lot of people are trying to be maximally effective. And I think right now it's important to remember that, you know, going day to day, this is not a productivity contest. Um, we're literally living through a pandemic and we're living through a situation. So, you know, the goal isn't for everyone to be maximally effective, but there are some things that we can do to stay healthy and to kind of cope with this that, you know, isn't just necessarily um, just staying at home, baking bread, you know, having more drinks, things like that. So um, now we'll fast forward all the way to today. So today is April 14th. Tomorrow would normally be the 2019 tax deadline. Um, just kind of thread this back into personal finance. That's actually been moved to July 15th. So uh, I'm excited for this. And I'm going to talk about this in the next episode as my personal update on my numbers. 
um, because I need to get my taxes in and I'm happy to take that little bit of an extension just so that I can uh, make sure everything is done correctly. But I, it looks like I'm going to get a refund um, that will reduce the amount of money that I currently owe the IRS. So I won't see that refund, but it will take a nice chunk out of what I owe for past years. So I'll dive into that later. Um, but again, I just want to reiterate that like after four weeks of sheltering in place, um, you know, how you spend your days is more relevant than ever. Uh, we're going to dive into what it means, uh, in terms of spending. I mean, my spending has gone down significantly, uh, I'm not driving. I'm not going out to eat as much. Um, we're still buying the occasional meal from restaurants that we want to support. Uh, we have a lot of friends that run restaurants. We have friends that run businesses. So there has been some, you know, buying of gift cards and things so that we can use those in the future and hopefully put some money into the local economy to help them weather this as they're starting to figure things out. Um, we'll talk about that for sure more in terms of like how you can help if you still have your job and are able to to contribute. Um, you know, things like that have been super helpful. Um, and I want to just reiterate that there's just so much to unpack here. Um, and I want to start doing that in future episodes. Um, this isn't to be bleak, but it's just, we don't know how much longer we're going to have to shelter in place. A lot of people are starting to get uh, a little antsy and want to break this sooner than later, which obviously I'd love nothing more for this to be over, but I think doing it too soon has a lot of ramifications in terms of, uh, you know, further outbreak, uh, really, which would end up making us stay in longer. So we want to kind of unpack that. What does that look like? How do we think we might be able to, you know, know when it's time to go back to work? And what does it look like when we are allowed to go back to work? I think that's going to be something that we're all thinking about. Does it going, it's not going to be a day where we all get to just go back to the way we were. It's going to have to be a staged approach. Um, and I think that there's some options and there's some good silver lining there that I think we're going to learn some things, take some things away. And like I mentioned before, you know, I hope some of the things that are being extended to freelancers and self-employed people will continue after this, right? Creating better sense of uh, maybe even disconnecting health insurance from un from employment so that you have better options for health insurance as a self-employed person, that you have access to support like uh, unemployment and, you know, paycheck protection programs and things like that if you are running your own business. So, um, so I want to counter all of that with some of the things that I'm enjoying in all of this, some of the things that I look forward to every day, um, just to kind of keep me sane, but also to stay in check with what's going on. Um, the first couple of days that this all happened, I spent an inordinate amount of time just diving down rabbit holes of news, and that was pretty unhealthy. I wasn't sleeping. I was not getting as much work done as I wanted to. You know, I was reacting to you know, every little thing that was coming out. And so most of that has been tuned out. I still check Twitter on occasion. Uh, I'm reading the local Reddit just to kind of see what the general, you know, sentiment is in terms of uh, the community there and watching a little bit of Facebook, but um, not a lot there. And there's a lot of podcasts and newsletters that I've really kind of uh, enjoyed seeing just because, you know, they come out once a day at most uh, and I can kind of get a little bit of a a glimpse into what's going on. So the first one's a really fun one. This is um, Staying In with Emily and Kumail. Uh, and I'll put, put a link to it in the show notes. But this is a podcast where they, they talk about the coronavirus, but it's mostly talking about what it means to stay in and how to make the most of, you know, sheltering in place. 
Um, it's really fun. Kumail's from the show Silicon Valley. Uh, Emily is his wife. Um, she's actually immunocompromised. So they talk a little bit about what that means for them. They've actually been sheltering in place longer than most of us because they were concerned for her health and her safety. Um, they do a lot of really great recommendations around entertainment. It's just a really good humor, uh, filled show where, you know, they kind of touch on, what's going on in the world around them at the same time, but it's really meant to kind of lighten the day and dive into some things. They do some interviews uh, as kind of bonus episodes. So they did one with David Chang. Um, they've done one with um, Kumail's fitness trainer about working out at home. Uh, and so definitely worth checking out. It's been one of the shows that I look forward to coming out each week. With that show, they, um, they are donating all the proceeds of the show to charities that uh, help with the coronavirus uh and they actually plan on stopping the show you know as soon as the show is no longer needed which um again we don't know how long that will be so that's a fun one definitely look for links for that in the show notes um and then the next couple are pretty focused on business um and just kind of staying in the loop with the news so uh i really enjoy the morning brew email newsletter um this is a free newsletter that you can sign up for again i'll put a link in the show notes but they do a really good job of wrapping up. Uh, essentially, it's like a your, your day your daily briefing on what has happened the day before, um, things that have affected the stock market, um, news, fun things in the news, um, any kind of progress in terms of uh, stimulus and all of that. And uh, really enjoy just kind of the 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 writing style and yeah i think it's definitely targeted at my demographic and i think it's it's worth checking out if you want to keep an eye on it without diving down these rabbit holes that will kind of send you into a uh more and more rabbit holes that keep you up reading the news all night long uh i also enjoy their their podcast the business casual podcast uh two of the episodes i would definitely check out are the one with ramit sethi uh, on personal finance during covid19 and the one from Mark Cuban, um, mostly just because he, you probably know him from Shark Tank, but the idea that, you know, he is, you know, a very wealthy investor and his take on what this looks like from his perspective uh, in terms of like the both macro and micro um, side of things in terms of what he's seeing at a high level, what what he's seeing other investors doing, what this means for startups, what this means for small business. Um, in the same vein, uh, I've been listening to This Week in Startups, which is a show I've been listening to for years. And, you know, they started calling a lot of this stuff earlier than most of the news did. Um, because, again, a lot of the startups operate around the world. Start, some of them started to see things in China and other countries before it ended up in America. So another one worth checking out if you're into startups and all of that. Uh, and then the other two are from the New York Times. The New York Times has the coronavirus briefing email, which I really enjoy just seeing uh, as a quick briefing of one, their map that they release every day, and then just kind of highlights and headlines that you can dive into if you want to continue reading. Uh, and then their podcast, The Daily, um, which I listen to most uh, every day. Um, I kind of look at the topic and see if it's something that I want to dive into that day. Some of them are a little heavy. Some of them are a little bit more lighthearted. Um, so definitely kind of choose those based on the kind of thing that you're looking for that day. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to leave you with another really fun one, which is just um, Alton Brown, uh, the um, chef uh, from Food Network and Good Eats fame. Uh, he has a quarantine series on YouTube. Um, it's really fun because they're really short, you know, kind of pantry 
cooking show type things where it's like, what can we make with things that you probably have in your pantry? Uh, and it's not on the Food Network, so he gets to, you know, do whatever he wants. It's his show. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, it's a good way to kind of round out uh, the day if you want to look for something fun to watch. And that is a lot of things. I know there were so many other things that also happened in between now and October 30th, but I think just going through all of that makes it sound like a lot. And I'm just excited to get back into it uh, with more focus on personal finance and the habits around why we do what we do and how we can work towards getting out of debt and identify the kinds of things that we can change to weather this all together. So thank you so much. Uh, you can message me at how you spend on Instagram and Twitter, uh, or you can send me an email at how you spend at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week for episode 43. Thank you. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. 